This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC. I didn't say the. Nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. Do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use that app. Just give us a review. We want to rate and review the show. Five stars would be awesome. But we really want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounder FC player is. From Steve Zakawani to James Riley, just please know Freddie Lundberg. It's a very large gap between Steve Zakawani. I mean, I, they played on the same squad, they, so I would say I know, it's that's not. What, I know, They're both what. Sounders FC commentators chosen on purpose, and I was, so I figured that there was actually a pretty narrow gap. I was trying to be tongue-in-cheek, but... Okay, well, fine. Go. Sorry. Uh, this week's soccer professional, Steve Zakawani, joins us. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to him a little bit about crisis mode, podcasting. He's got a new pod- podcast called Winging It with Steve Zakawani at his Kingdom Hope Zakawani and Friends charity soccer match. We'll get to that later in the episode. But first... Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hi. Garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. We're taking the best, the worst, and the absolute crap. It's hot. It's garbage. It's hot Hot garbage. garbage. (laughs) All right, Brandon, let's start with hot. Okay, so no game for us to look back on, but looking forward on the next match, what is hot is that Ozzy Alonso is apparently back in full training. El Corazon. El Corazon. Yeah, so Ozzy Alonso, team team captain. Now, where's current, he been? Like, I mean, just every, I don't know, every Snapchat he's got is like, I'm in Las Vegas, I'm in Los Angeles, I'm in Miami. I'm, I'm a sailor now. I'm a yeah. So I've been at sea. <laughs> I'm Ozzy Alonso. He just comes back with ma- massive sailor tattoos and wears a cap on the field. Everywhere he runs around, there's a parrot just flapping above him like, <laughs> stand still so I can land, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and I wish pe- you could have seen the arm wave. You know, I'm winded <laughs> and a, and a peg leg. Um, <laughs> it makes it very hard to play soccer. Uh, so Ozzy Alonso's back. He's been hurt. He was from the end of the season last season. Didn't have him for MLS Cup. Yeah, seventeen. He didn't start the season. He had some sort of mystery diagnosis that he flew to LA for in the preseason. Well, and it's crazy because at first when it was announced that he was injured, everybody. Like I mean, there was speculation that he'd be able to be in for the MLS Cup, and then now, what? Five months later, yeah, we're just now getting him in full training. He's, uh, I think, according to Brian Schmetzer, over over training during the week, um, he said that he's likely not going to be in the starting eleven, but he'll be in the eighteen for the upcoming match against uh, Sporting Kansas City. So 
sorry, Sporking Kansas City. Yeah, thank you for the for the finger wag there. <laughs> literal. Uh, the literal finger wag. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's big news. I mean, this is really big news. This guy is literally the heart. The hot heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> the team. Uh, hot. Yeah, that was good. He's uh, he's one of the most. I don't know. One of the what well, he's one of the most feared and respected uh, midfielders in the game. OG in MLS. MLS sounder. Yeah, one of just two left. One, only one. He's it. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, ever so, since Brad left. Oh, R.I.P. Brad Evans. Right. <laughs> straight to barbecue heaven in Kansas City. Yeah, and who knows if he'll? I mean, I don't even think he's played a game for them yet. Well, I think he's still hurt too. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe they were hanging out together. Maybe. Ah, that's nice to think about. Yeah, but it's gonna be really good. I mean, this off season. Ozzy was kind of the subject of a lot of rumors. Are we going to keep him? Are we going to lose him? It seemed like there was a little bit of a disagreement between him and the front office about whether or not he was respected or like did he feel that he was being honored by this team, by the front office, by the Seattle Sounders. And um, I'm going to say something obvious here. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a time where a squad took the pitch without Ozzy Alonso where I was like, we got this. Yeah. But when he is on the pitch, I'm like, okay, well, at least we have Ozzy. Now he's getting older, but like there's a certain sense of security. Like he doesn't he's a hard tackler, he is aggressive, but he holds it together somehow. He's not a red card guy. He's not like wild. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's great leadership on the field, something that like we've talked about at length. There's not any of that out there right now seemingly. Yeah, I mean, kind of the question after Brad Evans left was who's going to be the leader of this team. And even Brad wasn't on the field at all last year anyway. So yeah. Yeah, and so having Ozzy, having Ozzy is gonna maybe bring some of that leadership back onto the field um, when he's able to pop in. I'm assuming they'll make him captain again. Um, so yeah, we'll see, man. I'm really excited about getting him back out there. It's sure. like he is so fun to watch. He's a guy that will make last ditch tackles without getting a red card. Ooh, and he's got that big old boot that'll put through something at 30 yards yeah. to create some problems. Yeah, I know. I just can't wait for the first roar of the crowd to tell him to shoot when he gets the ball at 45 yards. <laughs> well, we saw it work for Zlatan, so <laughs> why the hell not? Ozzy Alonso, the Seattle Zlatan. Hot! Alright, uh, moving on. Uh, I hate to always have to fall back to this, but we haven't had a lot of hots yet this season, yeah. but we're moving on to garbage. Garbage. <laughs> yes, garbage. I don't know. There's a lot to look at. Uh, garbage could still be the fact that we haven't scored a goal. <laughs> it could be the fact that Sounders FC 2 uh, couldn't even make it through their most recent match without getting two red cards. We need to ask Steve about this. There's a bit of a red card culture coming up right now, and I'm yeah. not sure if that's a problem within or a coincidence? Well, when we looked at it, the, the U-17s won the Generation Adidas Cup. They won it with 10 men on the field. Yeah. Um, the S2 has, I think in their last two games, received a red card. Uh, in the most recent game against Sacramento, they received two. Sacramento received one. So even though both teams had a red card, we still managed to play a man down for most <laughs> of that match. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Well, I, then you're talking about a Sounders first team that has a red card in every match Every this year. single MLS match the season yeah so. exactly so we're not doing ourselves any favors um schmetzer's come come down hard, hard on it who's getting the red card this week brandon that's a good that's what we should stop trying to predict the score and start trying to predict <laughs> who's going to get the red card <laughs> the crystal pepsi ball yeah look into the future yeah i oh, don't know it's swirling red inside who will be the recipient <laughs> It's been it's been somebody different every week. Has New Who gotten one this year? No, that's a, that's a good guess though. My money's on New Who. All right. Although it's been people that we don't expect. It's been like Lear Dam, red yeah. card. That guy's flown. So off it's going to be like Gustav probably. 
He's kind of an Aussie guy, though. I don't see it happening. I, I don't see the red card coming from him. Okay, another garbage. Um, the another garbage. EMLS Cup was a thing where each MLS team picked a uh, picked a esports player to play FIFA against the other MLS team's FIFA players. And yeah. um, Sounders, in real life, the real life Sounders are at the bottom of the table, and the not real life Sounders, aka our EMLS team, also happened to be the bottom of the table and not even make it into the playoffs. You've got another note here that we'll get to uh, in a little bit later segment here. I just want to throw in some literal garbage. Uh, The parlay jerseys are back, literally made from ocean garbage. You can buy a kit that is made from recycled plastic taken out of the freaking Pacific Ocean. Parlay is a company that does that. MLS teams up with Parlay to make a jersey. This year's will be white instead of that weird gray that looks like it's sweat through white. Uh, It looks real sharp. I don't know if I would spend the money to get myself a extra jersey that's made out of garbage, but it could be worth it. I'm I'm not sure. That's the Minnesota United game on the 22nd that that takes place on. I threw that one under hot garbage because well, we they know. had to heat up the garbage, I'm assuming, to make it. Hot garbage. <laughs> well done. I didn't see that there, Brandon. That's nice. We have a run sheet that we look at, and I was not uh, aware of that. I, on the other hand, uh, think they look like trash. <laughs> I mean, you used five A's, all caps, yeah, to because describe that. When I was planning on reading it, I was going to say trash, yeah. because they're, I, I don't know, they're, they are basically the Sounders versions of the Los Angeles FC kits this season, which is like a plain black shirt and a plain white shirt with their logo and crest What are you on talking it. about, man? Those look dope. That black kit is so dope. The black LA kit? Yeah, man, with the gold? Come on. I think that one's I okay. mean, you're projecting real hard if you're wearing gold already in your first season, but come on. I think that one's okay. The white one is is basically our parlay kit that we're about Disagree. to Disagree. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the white one because I haven't paid enough attention, but the black kit is so sharp. I think it looks great. This is the guy that chased after a black keeper kit for an entire season right. last year. Right. Thanks. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, these parlay kits, cool. I, I I think that it will definitely look loads better than it did last season when it was a gray and a white, and so when they were playing on the pitch together, like I think our game was against LA in LA, and you couldn't tell the difference between the jerseys on the field. So I wonder if was, they could, from their perspective, if it was difficult or not. I don't know. It was a sunny, sunny match. So I remember looking at it and thinking it looked bad it was just hard to differentiate who was who shout out to our buddy the ted smith who just walked by in his sounders fc outerwear which is awesome nicely nicely done there guy okay so moving on from hot garbage hot garbage we should look into the history of this matchup that we're going to see this week we're talking about sporking kansas city versus seattle sounders fc at children's mercy park in kansas city kansas 1 p.m pacific time kickoff that's on Sabado or Domingo? That's on Sunday. Okay, cool. I should have written that down. I apologize. Sunday, 1 p.m. in Kansas City. Well, give us a little history here, Brandon. Yeah, so uh, all-time Sounders are 8-5-3 and three against Kansas City. Eight uh, wins. Eight wins, five losses, and three draws against this team. Okay. Um, but as we've said the last few weeks, it's kind of hard to look at our history against any of these teams because team. in the last couple of years, a lot has changed for both of these teams. They're missing Dom Dwyer and Benny Fellhobard, kind of two of their key pieces but they did um, get brad evans and they still have graham zuzzi so it's hard to say uh, although graham zuzzi has cut his hair off so maybe there's going to be a little bit more of a what samson i feel like it's like a samurai cutting off his knot there right. oh. um so yeah so it's it's gonna or maybe be, it's like jedi maybe he cut off his hair and now he's become an even more powerful <laughs> he's just evil soccer now. player did he kill all of the training the younglings i haven't seen any have you i haven't either yeah no um that, this just in graham zuzzi kid killer well 
<laughs> all right, hold on. If you would have said Sith, I would have been like, all right, but too far, Brandon. Hot garbage. We got to get a whistle for when we have a take that goes too far, okay? Yeah. You're going to be offering an, uh, uh, ordering up an apology on the next pod, I'm sure, for that yep, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so my favorite thing about the history between these two teams is that Seattle has a super long history of very late goals to either win or draw against Kansas City. Um, we have scored six goals in the 90th minute or later, uh, which is insane. And I think that includes uh, most recently, our most recent game against them, we won 1-0. to zero. It was a Clint Dempsey header. The game prior to that um, was, I think, a, well, not last season, but the last playoff game that we had against them was a pseudo-offside late winner from Nelson Valdez that Sporting oh, yeah, that still guy. is not over. Um, Nelson Valdez no longer with us, so probably won't see any still pseudo alive. offside goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. He's no longer in Seattle. God, yeah. your hot takes are I lethal know. now. No. Um, and yeah, so, but at this point, if it's a late goal, if it's an early goal, if it's an own goal, I don't care how we score because, as we've noted, the Sounders still have zero goals in MLS play this year. We've been shut out three times. We've lost three times. So any goal, I don't care if it's in the 97th minute. On. Let's get yeah. him on there. He could score a goal. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's going to be hard to say. They have uh, uh, the the. Sport- you know, I really blanked out there for a minute when you were talking about something, and then you said he's no longer with us, and that really like connected me back to the pod. That was like a really emotional moment for me. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to make you think that Nelson Valdez might have been dead for a second. God, man, what's uh, Sporking look like in the in the uh, table? Uh, they Sporking is very top of the MLS Western Conference table. Sounders are firmly at the bottom. And basically, it's upset time, baby. Tied blocks around their feet and swimming with the fishes. So it's hard to say uh, how this game is going to go, uh, but it should hey, be. Hey, man, you okay? Fun. You're like, you're just like, everyone's dead to you right now. Like, you're just like, this person's dead. That guy kills kids. This one got murdered by the mob. Man, I'm just having a hard time having a positive outlook on, on Seattle sports. I'm worried right beyond now. sports right now, man. Like, hopefully, Steve Zakawani can cheer you up. <laughs> yeah. My God. Uh, so you go back and listen to this and be like, why did I agree to be on this? Murder Brandon over yeah, here. This guy is very, very dark. He's a sociopath. I'm, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, take yeah. a couple, a quick look at some of the headlines going into this one. One of them that really rubs me the wrong way: Toronto FC. God, come on! I know. Come I know. on! Possibly the best team on the continent right well, now. Well, the north, the hat part of the continent. <laughs> Canada is still part of North America. The toque part. Yeah, yeah I'm saying the top part. Like yeah, the, they uh, are the toque of, yeah. uh, of the North America. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. Why? Uh, so besides the fact that they beat us in MLS Cup last season, besides the fact that they also won the Canada, the Canadian treble, I won't give them the credit of having won the treble. The treble being that they won every trophy available to them, which is three of them. Um, and they are? They are the, I almost said the U.S. Open Cup. They do not play in that because they are Canadian. Yeah. They play for the Voyager's Cup. Cup. Sorry. Which is basically the Canadian uh, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, um, they play for MLS Cup, and then they, they won the MLS Supporter Shield, which means they ended the season with oh. the most points available to them. Now that's the stat that I really care about because the playoffs are a weird lover. Right. But the Supporter Shield winning with the most points throughout a season is like yeah. that's huge. Not only did they do that, they set the record for the most po- like they they sco- they got the most points, the most sorries in one season. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry for winning. Sorry, sorry. They won the most hey buddy, points luck next year. ever with 69. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just going to let that hang for I a second. Know. Nice. 
<laughs> that nice caught me off guard. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they have the potential to, so they're, I say possibly the best team in North America because they are still in the CONCACAF Champions League. They just beat one of the hottest teams in in um, Mexico, being Club America. And they have a chance to to really establish not just themselves, but the league as a real powerhouse in North American So this is uh, tough football. for me then, man. Question. They're going to play Chivas Guadalajara here in the CONCACAF Cup of Competition. The Cup of CONCACAF Cup. Thank you. I just stepped on something really weird and slippery oh. underneath the board here. That's what? not good. What is? What was that? Sorry. Anyway, they're um, they're playing Chivas in the Conca- Cup of CONCACAF Cup, and I want to know if you'd rather see Toronto win to elevate MLS or to see Chivas win to knock Toronto down a peg. Hmm. I won't even say anything negative about the Toronto fans either because they are delightful people. <sighs> this is tough. Oh, we didn't talk about that chart that went around, too. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, we do need to talk about okay, yeah. that. So anyway, sorry, question? Uh, this is hard. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry said something along the lines of MLS has already established themselves uh, that through this through this round of CONCACAF Champions League as the Cup of CONCACAF Cup. Sorry. Dude, if you're not number one. Yeah, and that's and I know. And so not first, you're last. And also Chivas is the team that knocked us out of of the league or out of this tournament. So it's hard to say You and me specifically. Yeah, you and I. <laughs> Chivas came into our podcast and said, Hey, no more. You, you guys are out, you of, are the out of the Cup of Conca Cup. Cup. <laughs> uh specifically because you keep calling it that. That's what their reasoning was. Um it'll yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see Toronto win it. Uh, but I also don't want to give them the credit of being the best team uh, in history in the league. I have a hard time rooting for uh, Josie Altador. I don't know I why. Know, he I just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know the guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. So, But, again, I, I don't know. Seeing Chivas win the CONCACAF Champions League would be hard because it gives every Liga MX person, like, oh, Chivas, who's currently bottom of the table in our league, just beat your best team ever. So it'll be really – I hope that Toronto could just kind of stunts on them. I hope if the Toronto loses and penalty kick shootouts to Roman Torres. <laughs> Roman Torres, he plays for us. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's. I just want them to lose that way again. Oh, like he, like he just signs a one-day contract with Chivas. I don't know how it works, Brandon. Okay. I'm not here for the the logistics. I would like Chivas to sign a camel. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> and score a forty-yard banger. Who are you? I'm Roman Flores. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seriously, though, looking ahead at this weekend's match, Spork in Kansas City versus Seattle Sounders FC. Again, it's Sunday, one p.m. Children's Mercy Park, Kansas City, Kansas. Match number four for Sounders FC, who have won zero, scored zero goals, have three red cards, one for each match. Brandon, it's not looking awesome. Let's uh, preview who we're going to be looking at on a Sounders squad here to be the hero for the day. I think the hero will be Beer. <laughs> Again? Again. Wasn't that the hero last week? Uh, I mean, Beer is kind of all, always the hero oh, when you're no. watching the Sounders. I'm sorry. I'm No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still negative. I'm sorry. No, the hero, I, I don't know, Ozzy Alonso. Makes his triumphant return to the field. He, I don't know, scores a goal, does something crazy, honey badger-ish. And I just want to point this out. Before we did this segment, Brandon says to me, this is my favorite segment. I can't wait to do it. And then I ask him who the hero is, and he doesn't have one. (laughs) He he defaults to beer. No, I I think Ozzy Alonso. Ozzy Alonso is my hero. He is my hero. My personal hero. He is, uh, yeah. I think this is going to be the game where Nico Lodero finally 
goes from making a lot of stuff happening to finally finishing. I think we'll see a road goal from Nico at the very least, or or at least an assist on a road goal for something to make something happen. Because frankly, I don't want to imagine what it's like if we don't score again. It's gonna be hard. I mean, yeah. Um, okay. So there there was this quiz once, and it, the quiz was which Sounders player are you? And um, uh-huh. my wife took the quiz. Yeah, and she was Ozzy Alonso. Which is like somewhat terrifying, but I also love Ozzy Alonso, so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's he's my hero. I'm gonna so I'm gonna go she's with that. kicking your balls at home. <laughs> I'm doing the dishes and she's two foot slide tackles me. That's not how you load the dishwasher, damn it. How about a villain, Brandon? If you're looking at a villain for this week, I know next to nothing except for the most important stat about Sporking Kansas City, and that's that they're the home of Brad Evans. But Let's talk about people who might actually play. Yeah. Uh, I, they have two villains in my mind. One yep. is Johnny Russell. He's the guy that will most likely score on us. He's uh, their brand new signing. He's Scottish. He's good. Um, he used to play for Derby County FC. I feel like there's a Jack England. Russell Terrier joke in here somewhere. Yeah, there is. Okay. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely one that we're missing. So okay, yeah, if sure. you're at home listening, comment. I don't know, leave a review and tell us what the Jack Russell Terrier joke that we're missing is. Yeah. Um, and the other villain, I would say, will be Tim Malia, or Melia, I don't even know how to say his name. Don't care. But, yeah, me either. He is uh, their goalkeeper. He is very good. He is the MLS current MLS player of the week uh, after his performance last week. So, they have a great goalkeeper. We're having a hard time scoring. That is a match made in Great home Kansas field Heaven. environment there, too, as well. That's going to be something to really get those players fired up. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. If you walked away with a draw, would you be pretty happy? As long as it's like a 1-1. I'm tired of not scoring goals. If we get a point, I'd be happy, yeah. yeah. I think we'd still be at the bottom of the table with a single point. Maybe even with three. I don't know. Uh, I think even with three, we'd still be at the bottom of the table. But at this point, hey, anything will do. Even it, you know, screw it. If it's a zero, wait. Well, okay. Last last year or two years ago, we played against Kansas City. It was a zero zero draw. Not we didn't register a single shot on goal, and it was at home. I think you got that wrong. I think that was on the road in Toronto against Toronto FC. That was MLS Cup. <laughs> that's also. That's, <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> Thank you. If you have to explain it. It's not funny, Greg. Okay, I get it. I thought it was. Fun. I know. I don't, but no, I mean, there was a game that we registered zero shots on goal. It was a 0-0 draw. It was the most boring game I was there. It was the most boring game I've ever watched. And so if we get at least a shot on goal, if we test a keeper, if we get a point. Humble brag. I'll take it. Humble brag because I, I was, was there. there. I mean, what's up? Nothing. No big deal. I just worked for the Sounders. I was at that illustrious game where we <laughs> scored zero goals and registered zero shots. And I went away thinking that I wasted time. I'd be jealous. Hey, Brandon, guess what? What? The full 90 Extra Time podcast followed me on Twitter. <laughs> this is a podcast I created five years ago, and somehow it's following me on the internet. With I did not create the Twitter, so... The uh, full 90 pod is sentient? I get it. If it were, it would have... Microphone's off. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, follow full 90 Extra Time. Did I get that right? Full, at full 90 Extra Time on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. And there's a thing there. Okay. For more hot garbage, hot garbage content. Yeah, we'd love to hear your hot garbage, hot garbage. So if you have a hot, a garbage, or a hot garbage, hot garbage, hit us up on Twitter at Full90ExtraTime. When we come back, looks like you're going to say something. I was. I was going to say, when Steve comes in, do we have to call it hot rubbish? Uh, I think he's lived in America long enough now that he probably calls it garbage. But first question, out of the gates. (laughs) When we come back after this eight-second break, we'll be speaking with Seattle Sounders FC broadcaster, sideline man, analyst... 
Former player. Former player. Former number 11, literal number that he wore. Uh, also the host of the Winging It with Steve Zakawani podcast. And a guy with a big, super badass charity soccer tournament coming up. Steve Zakawani next on the Full 90 Extra Time podcast. The bluest skies you've ever seen are insane. And the hills the greenest green yeah, man, it's uh, great to be here on the Full 90 Extra Time podcast, says a guy about his own thing. What? As always, <laughs> we invite someone who actually knows what the crap they're talking about. Joining us to pod with a hot pod, Steve Zakawani. He's, What's up, guys? Hey, from the daftest touch and blazing speed on the side of the touchline, he's managed to step to the other side, providing us with the clearest takes and insight. Only a player of your quality could provide a name that will forever be associated with the beginning of a wonderful soccer organization in the MLS. In MLS. Got to take the V out there. People get real upset about that. Steve Zakawani, man, thanks for coming in today. No, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Now, several things to get to, some some actual soccer talk to get through here in a minute. But before we get there, I want to know, you just told me off air, it's fourth season already doing sideline reporting. I feel like you got so good so fast at making that transition for communicating tactics and from what you're seeing on the pitch to the viewers at home in a way that we can really understand mm-hmm. it. Like, what was the key to being able to pull that off? It's just something I've always done. I think, um, you know, not every player is like that, but I was kind of, kind of guy the night before the game, I'd be with my roommate, whoever it was in the hotel, talking tactics. Um, after the game, I'd watch film, kind of figure out where I should have been, where I shouldn't have been, um, <laughs> things like that. So I'm just doing that now. It's easier now, also in my fourth season, because I have less um, friends on the team. So <laughs> when I first started, these were all just ex-teammates. And it's hard to walk the line between criticizing them and, you know, kind of, you know, I have to be objective. So now it's a lot easier. There's a lot more separation between me and the guys we played. And so I'm able to just kind of give a very unbiased, objective view and in a way that I would want someone to explain it to me. Now I don't. I hope that you won't jump across. I'm glad there's a table between us. So you don't jump over here and beat me up. But like, I look at that S2 team, yeah. and they're baby faced, man. You're an old guy yeah. around there compared no. to that. <laughs> I am, and I feel that way. You know, last year I went back into a training camp with the Sounders, and just even being back around those guys, um, I felt old. You know, I was rooming with Clint, so they had me with him. I Smart. Was, yeah, I was like, when Clint would have a day off or Chad Marshall, I'd have a day off too, where when I played, I was always in the younger group who um, could go every day and didn't need to warm up, kind of just get out there running. And then now I was getting like two hours of treatment just before training. Now you're going from here in just a few minutes to record your own podcast, which I want to get an early plug on for that because mm-hmm. it's awesome, first of all. It's Winging It with Steve Zakawani. Get on this pod already. Apple Podcasts, go subscribe, yeah. give it some listens because it's awesome. You're, you're talking to huge names in the soccer world, one you just mentioned, Clint Dempsey. You're the only yeah. guy that can get an interview with him <laughs> off the pitch. I feel like on TV he'll come over and say a few things after a match, but it's like weird. to sit down with him, yeah. you're the only guy that'll do it. <laughs> but also other names from Taylor Twellman on one end yeah. to a guy who's rejoined the squad, uh, David Estrada. Yeah, yeah. it's It's been good. And that's one of the things when you know I, like I met Taylor Twellman the night before I was drafted. So I've known Taylor since 2009. Um, we had the same agent. So there's those kind of relationships you build just through the sport. Um, David, I played with, obviously. Um, today, when I leave here, I'm running down to interview two of the Seattle Rain players. Oh, uh, cool. And I've just met them through the sub-community here. So, um, yeah, it's just winging it with Zakwani's right because we just wing it. 
and <laughs> it's just just talk about what's going on with the team. Try to put a positive spin on what's been a tough start for the team. Um, sure, sure, that's sure. Getting harder and harder to do every week, but um, yeah, I think it's a platform where the fans can kind of get a, again objective. Um, even though I'm a soundest guy, I'll be objective of what they're seeing, and they know if you're lying to them. So it's been a fun, it's been a fun platform. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a team that is uh, or a group of people that will not cut you any slack. Now we like to usually kick off these things. I got ahead of myself, and I apologize, Brandon. But we like to ask to give a little perspective. Three questions, and it's very straightforward. Who is your favorite squad, soccer team of or football team in your case, from your upbringing of all time? For me, it's easy. It's the 2004 Arsenal team. They're called the Invincibles. It's the team that went undefeated. Um, I grew up playing for Arsenal for five years. Um, I had just been released, so I was a little bit bitter towards the club. Sure. But watching that team um, go undefeated, which would never be done again, I don't think, in my lifetime, um, that has to be the best team I've seen. Do you, at that time, when you're just a kid within the system, I mean, do you ever pass through the halls with some of the guys that were out there on the pitch? During the summer. So most of the year, we they, they actually have an entire different training center for the youth team. And then the first team is somewhere else. So it's kind of like something you have to earn. You have to earn the right to be where Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira are. But during the summer, when we would train there, we would see them from time to time. Um, I met Freddie Lundberg years ago and then got to be his teammate here in Seattle again. So And Thierry Henry, I met as I think I was 11 I met him and Arsene Wenger just walking through the cafeteria <laughs> and then I got to know Thierry when he came to the league so it's kind of yeah these things came full circle for me but um, Arsenal was um, as a kid just being in that environment was amazing your favourite besides yourself sounder player of all time it's two I've got two and I, I can't split them I mean okay yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> one is Osvaldo Alonso just because I played with him and, you know, we, we'd sign Freddie Lundberg, we'd sign Freddie Montero, Casey Keller. We knew what those guys were going to be. No one knew Ozzy's going to be that good. And I couldn't believe just how consistent he was. And to still be doing it now is quite amazing. But um, the best sound of all time is Oliver Femi Martins. Um, he's yeah. like, that's my friend. And just I miss be going to games and being in games with him and watching him because he always did something I'd never seen before. And to have that level of talent, um, I don't think we'll see that in this city for a very, very long time. All right. And finally, the third question is your favorite player of any squad of all time. The favorite player for me is a Brazilian guy who I think he just officially announced his retirement a couple months ago, um, Ronaldinho. Mm. Um, as a kid, when I was growing up, watching him was like that. Like I think in the States, there was everyone trying to be like Michael Jordan. For us back home in Europe, it was trying to be like Ronaldinho. He took this sport to a level I've never seen. He was doing no-look passes. He passed the ball with his back. And he just did things that I couldn't do till this day. And doing it for Barcelona in the Champions League, um, he gave Messi his first ever assist for Messi's first goal. So he, he's the man for me. And that's for me the best player I've seen with my eyes. How come we don't see no-look passes? That's a, I, like, I've, I've noticed that a few times where someone does right. one. I'm like, how come that doesn't happen more yeah, often? Like I, and he brought that to it. That's why it was just, and he did it every game. So but physically, why is that so hard? Because you want to look where you're passing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're Clint Dempsey, who does it quite stuff. a bit. Yeah, he yeah, tries, he stuff. tries yeah. stuff. So yeah. Okay, so all right, so we got the little background on you there. I knew that Arsenal thing was yeah, coming. Yeah, that was, That's, uh, we talked about that before. You were like, he's going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Say that. Yeah. Um, well, when it switches to uh, to Seattle Sounders FC. Are we in crisis mode right now, mm. or is it too soon to do that? I think it's two reasons. One is too soon. 
And also, even though I hate this aspect of our league, it's working out for the Sounders. There's no relegation. Like mm. you can't. You're, all, you're gonna. There's nothing to lose here. You have um, 31 more games. You got to be in the top six in your conference to make it. Are the Sounders in the top six best teams in the West? I would say yeah. Even as they are now, and I know they're gonna add players, so they'll be fine. They'll be in the playoffs. Um, it's just been a weird start because apart from some. Sp- stretches in games they haven't really been like outplayed in games it's been a red card or it's been you know they had uh, to, red card yeah a, a couple a couple <laughs> they had to play a reserve team pretty much against LAFC in the opener because of the Champions League so there's been reasons why it's there if I had seen Nico Lodero Clint Dempsey Osvaldo Alonso play 90 minutes every game and then they win this position I'd maybe panic a bit more so we talk about this a lot. We kind of talk about how it's a long season. Six yeah. teams make the playoffs, right? Um, is there anything, especially with this year with the World Cup this summer, is there anything where you kind of want to start getting like you got to start soon because you're going to start losing some of your best players over yeah. the summer? So yeah. what do you what do you think about that? I agree. I thought coming into the season, there was two reasons the Sounders had to have a great regular season. One was that because you know Nico's going at some point, you know Roman is going at some point, um, and Gustav, and these are guys who play a lot of minutes. But secondly, also is the last two years you've had to go to Toronto. And if you get to MLS Cup again, you want to host it. Like, let's get that game here in Seattle. And you earn that through the regular season. And the sound of the past couple of years, however, they've started really badly and then picked it up like in August and just gone on a tear. But you can't depend on that. How and does the World Cup affect that this year? Is that Will that create a, make it even harder to make that August thing happen? I, I think so, because if Nico and Roman go and they miss a few games, anytime you come back, you have to reintegrate into the team. So who knows where the team will be at that point, if they're playing well, if they're not playing well. Um, and for those guys to come in again, they might need a, a extra week or two break from the World Cup. So you just it's too many unknowns to depend on th- being hot at that time. But um, it's funny because the hottest team tends to win um, MLS Cup, the team going into the playoffs. But um, I think the Sounders want to put together a good regular season and be rewarded that if they get to MLS Cup, they will be hosting it. No points, no goals through three matches, a red card apiece. What do you what do you think the missing piece is here? I mean, you want to say no one knew Jordan Morris was going to be out for the season. I think if Jordan was in there, he helps you a lot. Yeah, but you got no depth. Like, yeah. So, but it's that. But then it's okay. So Jordan's up, but then we haven't seen Victor Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, Nico hurts his foot. We haven't seen Osvaldo Alonso. Clint Dempsey, we've hardly seen because of the red card. It's it's just been weird that we haven't seen the guys we want to see together. But no, I I think it's glaringly obvious you need a forward. Um, I love Clint. That's my boy. Clint's older roommate. And, yeah, that's my guy. But he would want. To play. He, he misses Oba in that sense because he had someone who just had this high level chemistry with that brought the best out of him and I think at this stage of Clint's career just like with the national team where it's Christian Pulisic now who's the guy Clint's okay with that if you can bring in someone to be the man and Clint play around that and off him I think it takes the Sounders to a different level yeah it's got to be a team team yeah. effort too it can't just be Clint Dempsey all no, the time and when he's not there and like, yeah not at this stage of his career well but. and we saw that when he didn't play because of the heart problem the team yeah. still rallied and made it yeah, so exactly, exactly. um is Schmetzer still got the locker room? Do you think do you get any vibes that he's still got everyone on board? No, I don't think Schmetz will ever lose the locker room <laughs> because of the kind of guy he is. That's what he has first. Um, the the only things I can question Schmetz on is that he's too nice. Like, mm. oh. he, he, Schmetz is he's such a nice guy. That's a thing. And um, he the players, you talk to them and they know Schmetz cares about them as people first. And that's important in this sport because you don't always get that. But the problem then is there comes times where Schmetz got to make tough decisions and 
you know, being just the person he is, the human he is, I think those are probably the hardest things he struggles with just because um, it's hard for him to do. Whereas some coaches who don't have that connection, they can do it in an instant. They will cut this guy, drop that guy and not think about it. So um, You got Mourinho dropping Pogba. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. Perfect example. So no, I think Schmetz has the locker room. The guys respect him. Having a locker room for me is, you look at the leaders, um, Nico, Roman, Chad, Clint, are they still with Schmetz, Stefan Fry? I think they are. So if you lose those guys, then you start to lose the younger guys too. We, I mean, we kind of talked about this already, but the red card problem. You're talking about how nice Schmetz is. Do you see? Uh, do you see this being a coincidental thing? Like we accidentally get three red cards? It's not a, indicative of a, any sort of discipline and issue. And at S two also. And at S two, yeah. and even in the, I mean, we looked at it in the academy as well. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on. No, I. Schmetz, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but I think he should have tore into Kelvin Leerdam a little bit because Leerdam should know better. Um, I didn't think it was a red card initially, and then I saw the replays, and I'm like, okay, um, that's a red card. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, Clint's one, I, it wasn't a red card. Yeah, I think we're all on the I, same no, page I think with that. now that we've seen all the angles, because I know Clint, and he's honest, and I asked him, and he's adamant he didn't do anything. And I kind of was like, I think you did. And then the next day when the different angles came out, that the refs would have had, um, no, he didn't do anything. So I think you can't say anything to the guy when he shouldn't have been mm-hmm. sent off. But with Leardam, I think as a coach, you probably in front of the team say, look, show the video and say, you know, like we can't have that. Like, we can't keep digging holes for ourselves. Because without Leardam, I think, um, with Leardam, I think the team wins that game. Because even with 10 men, Montreal didn't like dominate and kill the Sounders. Still had chances. No, the Sounders look good. Yeah. I mean, throughout the match, they're still creating tons of opportunities. That's the thing. So I don't know how the, the, the no wins. Okay, the no goals is shocking to me. Um, that they haven't found a way to score something. So hopefully that's broken this weekend. But going to Kansas is very tough as well. So you've mentioned uh, Ozzy a couple times, right? And the news this week is that he's back in full training. He's likely going to be in the 18 this weekend. Um, how big is that return for this team? I know he's a defensive stalwart, but what does he have going for? I mean, is he going to help Listen, this team in a big I, I way? Could, I'm going to come back one day and just give you Osvaldo Alonso stories. Like, when I played, I played on a team where we had two dynamic wingers. Ziggy built teams with wingers. So it was me on one side, San Yassi on the other side, and then after it was Alvaro Fernandez. And there were some games, I mean, like Salt Lake away, that I wouldn't look forward to because the altitude, and I hated defending and running back anyway. And there were some games where in the game, Ozzy's telling me, I'll run for you. <laughs> and that was like the biggest relief and the biggest burden off my shoulders. Wow. Like, you just attack. You kill the right back, do your job, get crosses in. When they break, I'll cover that. And he was able to cover my position and do his job still. So he's, he's a team player first. And he's just so good. Um, I think when I realized how much his team still missed him was the MLS Cup final just gone because there was no possession. He's the guy who goes to Stefan Fry, to Chad Marshall, to Roman Torres, gets the ball, and then he's the link between them and Clint and Nico. And then he also stops the other team's best player, which to have both in one guy, I've never seen that before. Do you see that developing in Rodan a little bit? There's a lot of comparisons being drawn between the two. Rodan is good, and the best thing for Rodan is to play alongside Ozzy, to keep learning. He should be milking the last years of Ozzy as much as he can. And Rodan's next. He's going to be the guy. But I think the cushion of playing next to Ozzy helps him as well because he can kind of do his job without having to be the, you don't need to you don't want to ask Rodan hey we're playing Toronto I need you to stop Giovinco mm-hmm. like, Giovinco's good you can ask Ozzy to do that Rodan's not there yet he will get there but the two of them together is the strongest duo I would take in MLS. So how does the lineup change then with Svensson? What do you where do you end up dropping him into a into a, one of the winger positions or something? See that's the thing for me where I look at someone like Gustav Svensson and if I'm the coach that's my depth because he's very good. He's going to the World Cup. He plays for Sweden. 
and that's your bench, that's where you start to build depth. When you look at your bench and you're seeing like Svensson and um, guys of that calibre. But in their best positions, the two midfielders, Ozzy and his Christian. Um, Svensson can do a job at centre-back, at right-back. He can play in the middle. But that's my depth for me. And I don't think Ozzy can play every game. Mm. 31 games left. If Ozzy plays 25, it'd be amazing. You need him for the playoffs. And I think so. Svensson will get his minutes, but just the thought of having Ozzy and Rodan together gets me excited. How is, he, how is Ozzy so incredible at being able to pull off a challenge without racking up the red cards you see some younger, yeah. hotter-headed guys pull? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a skill. It's a skill. He His timing is perfect. He's very, very quick as well, so he gets back into position well. And he takes it as a personal challenge. I've, I've trained against Ozzy as well where I might you know do a move on Ozzy and beat him, and then the next time I come up to him, there's a different intensity because he's like, you're not doing that again. And that, <laughs> that's just in training. So he takes it as a personal challenge. He's like, he wants to be the best player on the field. And I think the Aussie we're going to get back is a good one. He has a chip on his shoulder. He feels he has something to prove. You know, he hasn't played much. People may have forgot just how valuable he is. So I think we're going to get an Aussie that um, actually feels that I've got a lot to prove. And this is why I'm so good. I think that happened similarly last season. He missed a yeah. few games. And when he came back, you realize like the Sounders played well when he was gone. But when he came back, it was a it was a completely different level. Yeah. We were at, we, uh, Sounders playing at a level that I mean, you felt like nothing could get through yeah. our midfield. They had to either loft it over yeah. or something. And even then, it was like kind of a crapshoot. He's like that man. And you ask anyone in the locker room, and you know, we obviously will have these conversations from time to time. And you know, you can ask guys from the 2009 team and guys in the 2017 team that many years apart, and each one would have Aussie in their top three of yeah. most important players. Wow. That's consistency for me. What's your job like now where you don't have the same kind of access, where you're not in there feeling the same emotions compared to when you were as a player? Yeah. It's easy. There's no pressure. So what I do now, like I love it. I get to talk about the game. We get to travel and watch games for free and just kind of just <laughs> say this is what's happening. But I, I, I miss that pressure. Like I miss the night before, like back when I was playing, it was like we're playing LA and I know Landon's coming and David Beckham's coming and Robbie Keane's coming and like we're going to go toe-to-toe against these world-class players and there's pressure. I miss those. I miss that week of training. Like I would always text Ziggy before a big game and be like, put me on a second team this week because I want to play against the first team in training and so it's harder for me that when the weekend comes, I'll be in a good in a good rhythm. And so I miss that part of it. You can never recreate that and that's the one thing about um, professional sports that is just so unique man it's like you're competing against these world class athletes you're going toe to toe there's so much pressure around it but it's also fun so you don't feel it like when Taylor Twelman's there that you gotta like step up your <laughs> broadcast game because you're going against the pro world class Taylor Twelman <laughs> I love Taylor but nah I just do my thing and you know we're just talking about the game man Dude, the Zakawani and Friends charity soccer match. How many years is this now? This is the fourth year. Fourth it's, year. Yeah, it's flying by. Yeah. Let me cover the basics here. Sunday, July 1st, Starfire Stadium, Estadio Estrella <laughs> in Fuego. There also known as Starfire Stadium in English. Okay, thank you. There we go. Uh, 6 p.m., Starfire Stadium is the Zakawani and Friends charity soccer match. And a big name that you mentioned a few minutes ago is returning, unfortunately, with an injury after a long flight. He's still coming to hang out though, Mr. Obafemi Martins. He'll be here. So 
Oba was going to play, he was only going to play like 10 minutes in each half. He's, he's still in season, but he was going to play because I think it would be nice to give the people in Seattle a chance to see some Oba flips and see him out there. Um, so he suffered an injury the morning we announced it. Oh my God. Also, <laughs> also the week after scoring a hat trick. Because of the time, I think he's like 14 hours ahead. I, I couldn't get him on the phone in time to figure out how bad it was. Oh. But um, yeah, it's bad. So um, he can't play. He'll be here. So him and Clint will be together doing a post-game meet and greet, which cool. is fun to see those two together. Yeah. So they'll be doing that. But um, we'll have, you know, some of the usuals, man. Um, Eddie Johnson will be back here. Um, Jimmy Triari, Gonzo Pineda, they'll be playing. James Riley will be playing. Ultra Singles coming yeah, we saw back you booked again. his flight. That's good. Yeah, yeah, he's back. So, yeah, he, he loves it. He played 90 minutes last year, so he yeah. loves it. So he'll be back. So it, it's, it's a fun event. It's our fourth year doing it. Um, I think people kind of know what to expect with it now. Um, it's just, you know, we try and put on a really fun soccer game bring a mix of players you wouldn't normally see together and yeah. do it all that stuff it's cool there's some like some pretty big highlights over the last few yeah. years I don't know which is my favorite uh, what's yours between Stephen Hauschka putting his yeah. foot through that ball and hitting a crossbar that I think is still bent <laughs> or uh, Marshawn Lynch picking the ball up and running it in receiving a red card that somehow they didn't go down a man after that <laughs> that's one of my favorite photos ever it's tough to go against Marshawn. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do that in flip-flops, in flip-flops grab the red card, <laughs> kick the ball away. That whole two minutes was, I think, it's tough to go against what Marshawn did. That has to be number one. So a lot of, we, we just mentioned two wild things that yeah. happened. But I mean, we've in previous years seen Landon Donovan running all over the That's field. That's the thing, still. it's like, see, to see Landon Donovan at Starfire, you know, it's like a year after he just retired. So I think, yeah, it, and he's back playing now in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's great. I mean, like even like last year, one of my favorite memories was wasn't even on the pitch. Like Clint Dempsey came, he brought his whole family, and he was there interacting with fans and just hanging out. Like you'll see that at our event, which is um, it's really cool to have um, kind of those the players can be there with no pressure whatsoever and just have a good time. It's almost silly because you got some coaches, you got Swatsky out there yeah. running around, you got some guys that probably haven't competitively taken to the pitch in twenty years yeah. out there winging balls in and stuff. It's like yeah. a lot of fun to see everyone out there. Yeah, uh, there's tackles like literally. <laughs> tackles being applied when Hahnemann came out. Football yeah. tackle. That's true. Like, there's a lot of opportunity for some laughs and some great memories. And tell us, it's Kingdom Hope. What, is, uh, what do you do with Kingdom Hope? What does it benefit? This goes to scholarships. So uh, what we do is very simple. Um, like I was talking about playing for Arsenal. Growing up, if you wanted to join a club team um, where a team like Arsenal could scout you, if you were good, you just went. Um, but here, like in the States, it's pay to play. It's very expensive. So there's a lot of good players I've met over the years who can't afford to play club soccer in Washington. So we give out scholarships there. Um, we've helped so many kids over the years just to afford a season, um, uniform, travel, things like that. Take that burden off them and their parents. And then we help to put kids um, through school as well. So ed- education and soccer, um, two things that are very close to me. And I think... Um, Rather than doing like a fundraising black tie dinner where I don't want to be standing up talking. Um, <laughs> you got to put a suit on to be on the sideline yeah. every week. <laughs> Let's just do a game. So that's where the idea came from and it's been good. It's been so much fun every yeah. year. Where can we get tickets to that? KH18.eventbrite.com. So They say their H is different in uh, England. Yeah. KH18. Dot com. Eventbrite.com. Dot eventbrite.com. We'll, and we'll throw yeah. the link in. We'll take care of all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's going to be super duper fun to see all those guys in one yeah. place again. And again, uh, Chad Johnson is good at soccer. He's good. Like, I, like if you put me out there in an NFL game or a basketball game, I'm not, I wouldn't be half as good as what he actually He's playing with guys who've played at the highest level, and he did fine. He did fine. Did we see if Usain Bolt was available? <laughs> he's, he's like training with Dortmund, That's I think what he I'm was. Saying, yeah, he, I think he's legit. We'll try him next year. We'll try bring <laughs> Usain Bolt next year. Steve, I love your hair. It's growing out. <laughs> I, it started like last year at this match, <laughs> yeah. and now we're still here. How long are you going for? 
I told myself the other day, I said two and a half more years. Like, let me push this through couple, two and a half more years, see where it goes, and then I have to revisit it. Um, yeah, it's some days I like it, but now it's, get, it's getting really long. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tough one. This is going to be hard for an Arsenal fan, but Wenger out? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm so sorry to say, but yeah, I was there before, I think, right, no, as Arsene Wenger arrived, I was at Arsenal. So I saw firsthand how we transformed everything there. My respect for him is so high. But in, I, in England, we finished school at 16. So I left high school at, in 2004. That's the last time Arsenal won the league. Like, that's too long. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a grown man now. I'm married. I have a dog. I've had a career. And I still haven't seen my team win the league since I left school. Like, you have to change something. He's great, but just someone new, fresh ideas. Um, Thierry Henry, I'd love to see there. Or Patrick Vieira, a former player. But um, who knows? Just something different. I think it's time. Ziggy oh. Schmidt. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> All right, it's uh, time to get into the prediction game here. Let's dust off the swirling wisdom of the crystal Pepsi ball. We take a stab on what we're expecting this Sunday, 1 p.m. Seattle in uh, Seattle time, 1 p.m. Seattle time in Kansas City. Starting with you, Brandon. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0 Sounders. Ozzy scores a screamer from 45 yards in the 95th minute. Oh man, <laughs> Steve, what do you think for this Sunday, 1 p.m. Seattle time in Kansas City? Sounders versus uh, Sport, Sporking Kansas Sporting City. Sporking Kansas City. I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be tough. That's a good team. We just beat the Galaxy. I think Kansas wins 2-1. We have to wait a little bit. We get a goal, but we wait a bit, a little bit longer for that three points. Hey, that's a win. We got yeah. a goal. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go conservatively, guys. 7-0 Seattle. <laughs>